Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the podcast. Welcome to the BritFlix.com podcast. Today we're talking social media and I've got with me on the couch today... Uh, David Angel. And... Jonathan Gladwin. And you're from... Social Placement. And Social Placement does what? Uh, We do a mixture of um, social media promotion um, alongside um, working predominantly with uh, movies, with films. Um, The main part is really to do with looking at how um, you can promote them using uh, both a mixture of product placement but also really interesting content to you know just start from the de- from day one really mm. with promoting a, uh, a movie absolutely I think it's it's bringing together brands and audiences and maybe doing a bit of swapping mm. so you bring something interesting to the brand they get a new audience from the audience they already have so that's where we're trying to mix and match people together. So with, with, your, with your budding filmmakers out there, who maybe, let's start with the ones who haven't got a film yet, and let's talk about how you might want to use social media for yourself first and foremost. What do you, where, do you, where do you think is a good place to start in terms of someone trying to get to grips with social media? Um, firstly, I think the main part's looking for where you're most comfortable okay. um, in terms of what platform you're actually going to use. It's mm-hmm. what kind of things have you done before? You know, um, I'd say if you're interested in having a conversation with people, something like Twitter, even Facebook, your own personal Facebook's really useful to start having conversations and understanding it. If you've written before, potentially a blog can be a really, really great way. Um, you know, if you if you want to go even further and even potentially try out certain parts of, I don't know, whether it be filming, etc., and kind of just communicating with people. Obviously, places like YouTube are really useful. If you're a photographer, I'd say, you know, kind of the best place would be Instagram. Mm. Um, but really, it's to do with, A, where you're really comfortable, where you know people are as well. It might be that you know that, I know, a friend or a group of friends are congregating somewhere. It's a great way mm. to start. Um, but the rule of thumb that I've always gone for is... Um, try everything so if you're looking as a personal um you know kind of account um mm. start looking at where places are that people are congregating with your similar interests so for example you know if, if no one's talking on youtube for example about the type of genre or film that you're interested in there's no point in really being there straight away because um, you're not going to have any dialogue um, mm-hmm. and that's what you're looking to kind of really kick off um if you're searching around on Twitter, for example, you can use their search function to start looking for things you're interested in, whether it be you know, horror or whether it be a particular um, genre of film or even just films in general. Mm-hmm. You'll very quickly start seeing people that are very interested in things that you're interested in. So it's probably the place where you would then go to. Um, if you're looking at starting to um, you know, look at a place to put your movie mm-hmm. into in terms of social... Um, 
then it really is try everywhere. And I would say the the main part is actually go out there, look at every single social network that you can find um, across across the board, and try and register whatever the name is sensibly. Um, as a you know kind of as your account um there's two reasons for that the number one reason is that you want to kind of own that name and then you basically got it so mm-hmm. that's just a good thing it's kind of just housekeeping the second part is is you can then start looking at what you know each of the different types of social network do or mm-hmm. thinking them as tools or channels is a, a fine great way to do it so for example you would want to you know kind of Start looking, as I said before, you know, looking at what people are saying on there. Is it kind of a really, really businessy community or is it a really friendly community um, where you're having more of a discussion and see where you're most comfortable, whether it suits the type of film you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then from there, just start seeing what works. So if you're putting out kind of messages or you're having conversations, you'll very, very quickly get an idea of whether or not people are interested in what you're Mm -hmm. doing. Um, and as a result, start kind of moving towards them. Don't necessarily neglect all the other ones, mm. but start moving towards those ones that work really well for what you're talking about. So, see, so you're because you mentioned the word brand, and brand, a brand, I guess, can be two levels as a filmmaker. There's you, and then there's your film, isn't there? I guess there's, and then there's the composite parts like the actors in it and things like that that you're also you've also got a handle on, haven't you, in terms of trying to promote whatever you're doing through social media. I think that's absolutely right, and you need to understand each part and mm. which part is going to play for you. And we found, while working on various projects, that often the actors have great social feeds, and if you can tap into theirs, but you've got to have the relationship with them, mm. and that needs to be authentic. And I think that's something that we've always you need to make sure on all your social messaging that it's coming from a almost coming from the heart, mm. and people will respond to that really well. And Keep an eye, week by week, review what you're doing because you'll get a feel for that. And it will say to the um, response from the social, each social channel will say good or bad. Mm-hmm. And then you can re- adapt it. Um, our view, really working, if you can bring brands in, mm-hmm. is again, it's that personal relationship with the brand. Get the brand on side, get them interested in what you're doing. Your interest in content for their brand and their audience they know their audience inside out because they've spent years hmm. finding out who they are you're a new product mm-hmm. you don't know who your audience is particularly right. but you're trying to find your way they can give you that scale quickly and they can give you that fandom more quickly than if you just go at it on your own and that's I think that's really important because all the people that you know so whether it be your brother your best friend your friend the person that you know, you've already had a conversation with or, as you say, you know, actors, they all have different stories. So there's a reason why you know them and you're mm. in contact with them. And if you, I mean, if you're in the fortunate position that you are already in a production that has actors, um, one of the best parts of that is they have their own personal audience. And there was a reason why you chose them to be in that role. Mm. And one of the things that we found um, really, well, really effective, but it's kind of, I guess it is a bit of a no-brainer, is that you can obviously look at the audience's that like them and they're likely to be interested in something that they're in Mm. Um, whether it be you know kind of a very small part or whether it be a main starring role they're going to have some kind of stake in it Mm. and there's there's a reason why you got them involved in that movie why they're you know why their character has been you know kind of cast I I mean are people having that conversation with actors now I mean I read I read a story that was I think it was in Stage magazine about how you know theatre directors are actually asking actors how many Twitter followers they've got 
you know, as a way to say, if you're in my play, how many people can you tell? You know, I I've mean, seen that with um, fashion as well. Uh, a large amount of you know models are now being cast on how much they can promote a brand. But what I was getting at there, so, so when you're casting an actor who might be, let's say that they, they, they're a soap star and they want to do a film, so they've clearly got maybe twelve to 20,000 keen follow, active followers who listen to what they say. Are you going to contractually get them to do something or is it an offer and exception? You say, look, we'd really like to get you involved with promoting the film. Are you happy to use your Twitter channel? I think that's absolutely right. I think you have to be open and honest about them and also look at them as of where they come from. We've looked at a few actors and they generally fall into two categories. We've got really serious guys who have a serious, what we describe as quite serious following, sort of 10, mm. about 10k followers, yeah. but they'll listen to everything they say. Yeah. Or you talk to people, or talk to the actor who's been in something really big mm. and he's got loads of followers, but they're just following because they were in something really big. Yeah. And it's a, it's a balance and a trade-off because actually when both of them speak, they generally speak to the same number of people. Mm. There's a hardcore of their followers who will be the people who will follow them. And I think the point of that is that when you when you say to them, would you be would you be happy doing it? From an access perspective, they want to promote themselves, and if mm. it's a project's good, then they will go with that. And I think it's a question of taking it slowly, let it. And because actors say to, have said to us in the past, I need something to say. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. one of them said, you know, I've got thirty six thousand followers, which is like standing in a football stadium. Of course, but I've got to say something to them, mm. and. If you've got something interesting and you've got something, an insight from their side, mm. no, absolutely, that's fine. And I think the flick side of that and the other, the other group, which are often neglected from that, is any of the crew you're working with. So if you're talking to a DOP mm-hmm. who's got a good relationship or a designer who's got a good, a good set of followers, they'll have people who, they, who follow them because they like the projects they've worked on. That's yeah. a great yeah. thing about social. Is it, you can follow yeah, everybody. Yeah. You can follow a prop man. And I would say, like, yeah, I'd say, don't forget as well that if you're asking them to do something as well, um, they'll often like the fact that they're being given that that limelight, especially if it is someone that's involved. But they'll also have their stories, which makes absolute fantastic content, mm. and it takes no time. So if it is a prop man, for example, you know, or a prop woman, uh, it, you know, basically, it's um, you know, they're they're going to have had a story on set. They're going to already know what's appropriate and not appropriate to talk yeah, about yeah. because of their profession. But they're <clears> going to have an insight that no one else has. And that intrigue, I think, is actually what drives really good conversations and, and promotion. And you can look at, and it can bring you into other audiences. One project we worked on had, very rarely, an all-female camera crew, which in the world of film is, is well, it's almost unheard of. Yeah. And, but that brings you into a conversation around women in work, in, in just... A completely different section, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but it's something that, and there, there are people out there that also have that as a humongous interest, and as a result, will report it. Whether it be you know your mainstream media or, or it be actual you know groups that are trying to promote you know kind of gender equality, yeah. for example, within some, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as a result, that's another constituency that you're talking to. So, and I think what this comes down to is you what, what we're finding from that is that you'll have lots and lots and lots of stories. Mm-hmm. And what we would suggest to anyone who's sort of got their projects and they're thinking about where they come from mm. is is try to, and Excel is not only good for budgeting, it's great for planning, is try to work out over a three-month period the stories you can tell because you can build up to stuff. And if you've taken a magazine approach or take any approach you'd like, it's 
it's saying to people, this is the story, and we're going to get to this point where the ne- maybe the next point is we start pre-production. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to that point. So what stories are going to be about the film? And so I want stories about how different things got off the ground, mm. different things have been made. And you get to that point, and you can look. And if it's planned out, it's not so much... You don't feel the pressure to put something out, because you know next week I've got to write something about this. Mm. I've got to write something about that. I've got to write something... And that makes life a lot easier. Yeah. And you can then... Rev- and again, as we were saying, talk about reviewing it. Is that content working? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the, with the, the question, you know, should you contractually oblige them to do yeah. it? I'd say absolutely not. Um, yeah. I think you should be able to convince them. Um, and it is quite easy to, you know, kind of to say, um, you know, we'd like you to take part in doing this. And this is the reasons why it's going to promote yourself. It's going to promote the movie. And that in itself will help you be able to promote yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if they're that cynical. <laughs> Most people I, that we've no, no, no. get I really... Just, I just yeah. wondered if, if it was... If, I mean, like, I think you said be upfront and honest with them. And I think yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. If you, you know, we're, yeah. we're not at the moment... I'm imagining in my head we're talking about indie films because... Yeah. Indie films generally don't have a long tail of pre-production news, where obviously social media allows you to do that. Because once you get, you've almost got as people come on board on a film on a project, that's the story unfolding, isn't it? And if yeah. and if you're if you're saying we're going to raise finance for this day, then in the in the space of that time, there's going to be heads of department appointed, there's going to be actors cast, and so on and so forth, and they become the stories, don't they, that you can use within social media. Absolutely, and you, and you start building an audience, and, and certainly for raising finance, it's a really important thing. Mm. If you've got enough people who are saying, I want to go and see this, mm. outside of crowdfunding, that area, actually, you can turn onto finances and say, I've got 8,000 people who are really keen on this. Mm. And it, it says there's an audience, and I think that's, that's key to it, because mm. you're starting from nowhere. No one knows about the film, but you've got enough people to this point they are going... Oh, I am interested in that. And there's a lot of other media messages out there. We're not saying that it's you're talking just about one thing, but mm. if you can provide something different and new and a little bit left field, right field, they'll follow you mm. and give them something back of, of letting them feel that they own something, a little bit of something. Mm. Even if you're just responding to someone saying, have you thought about it? You know, yeah. I'd really like to see this. And you take the time to respond. And that's... So that feeling of that's a little you get that little hit of what's the I can't remember the word the drug but it's that dopamine hit yeah, yeah, you yeah. get something yeah, yeah, and yeah. someone goes oh you've retweeted me oh you've responded to me yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. and that forms a it's little quite bit flattering of and it's good for everybody's ego all round yes in yeah. some senses and I don't mean that in a cynical way either I mean, you know it's mm. it's part of what goes on if you uh, you know when we were off off mic we talked about the idea of a dinner party if you go over. And walk walk up to someone you've never met before, and they say their favourite film is the same as yours. You instantly have a connection, don't you? And you, you know there's certain parameters you can then enter because yeah, and we've all you, been at parties yeah. where it's the only thing you've been able yeah. to. But yeah. at the same time, it don't, it can form a yeah. you know uh, a friendship. And, and it's actually it's interesting because one of the things I was thinking about was um, uh, the popularity of crowdfunded projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not talking just about kind of film. You know, uh, you know, multiple ones, music, products, yeah, etc. And in some respects, if you think of why they're popular and how they end up getting, you know, kind of made, um, it's kind of the same thing uh, as this kind of starting off talking to your friends, growing and growing. It's a bit like kind of running in a marathon where you go, I'm going to uh, get sponsorship for Mm. running the London Marathon or, you know, a marathon. And basically, 
you first of all go and tell all your friends about it um, because they're going to be the people that are going to be kind of almost those easy audiences because mm. they, they understand you, they've known you, etc. Um, you then would probably go and have a look at you know other people that potentially are in your running club maybe or etc etc to grow it and that, it's that same feeling with um, crowdfunding the reason why you know it kind of really does work is that people do want to buy into a product they want to be there early and that's one of the other things as well is it's not just to do with the ego of um, people involved which you know again as you say it's not a bad thing mm. um, people that consume news early about film you know they are the same people that if they know something that someone else doesn't they're likely to blog about it they're about you know they're going to write about it because they love to have that info um guilty as charged well yeah and and that's great but you get rewarded for the fact that you're interested and you took the time to actually you know do it which is which is great and that's actually with you know with that kind of crowdfunding model i remember seeing one really recently which i kind of i don't know i just stumbled across it and it's the craziest example but basically it was like the world's coolest cooler yeah. Um, and basically I saw it I was like I really want to invest in that because it just looks so brilliant and um, I didn't which was my bad and uh, I suddenly saw it like about like three weeks maybe a month later being you know kind of promoted everywhere because it had become one of the best selling <laughs> or, or, or one of the you know fastest raising projects ever yeah, yeah. you know I thought okay I might still do that you know mm. but actually being there at the start you know people like to be there at that point but they are always going to be there at every other point so I might still go and invest in that for example but the you know the fact is, is I could have at an early stage or at a late stage but I was always remembering it so when yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. it it connected up so when you you know you start that kind of crowdfunding project yeah. uh, th- that hardcore is gonna you know is gonna buy into it mm. um, and those people that might not buy into it but know about it and are aware about it, when you start doing the stuff at the end of the line, you know, kind of with content that's a bit more traditional mm. um, with regards to, you know, promotion of film, they're going to have been bought into it, but they just might not necessarily have got in at the start. So they might follow you on, you know, on Twitter, for example, mm. at the very start. That's quite a soft kind of mm. uh, sign that they want to be, you know, involved. If they retweet you, it's a yeah. bit more of one, you know. Mm. If they start, you know, kind of telling everybody on their mm. friendship group to start following, that's an even bigger engagement, you know. And by the time you get to, you know, the the actual kind of release date, you've gotten a, a larger audience, mm. but also you've gotten a large number of people that are, you know, in varying kind of degrees interested in seeing your product. I must admit from, from my own experience I've I've now come across the kind of passive Twitter users who follow you but never interact, which I've found I'm a very active communicator on all social media fronts myself, but I wasn't aware there was people who use it to, to filter information. So they pick who they're following and that gives them information they need. It might be they just get the link to this podcast and that's the important thing for them. But when I then, with, with the film world being such a small world, you're then in the real world and you meet them and then they tell you the following you, you're like, yeah. I don't know you though, <laughs> I don't know you, how can this be? And, but that's kind of a, that's a nice payoff that you wouldn't get ordinarily from, from any other kind of normal marketing of, of, of products and stuff, that you, you could make that connection because they've been, they've been listening to you even though you, they've not been talking to you. And I find that a, a yeah. weird part of social media. I mean, it's a really interesting one because actually, I mean, some of the earliest... Um, well, the beginnings really of um, Twitter being used quite a lot. You had, um, I mean, it was in the world of politics, and mm. uh, there were a lot of early adopters there, and we're not talking politicians necessarily. Yeah. Um, 
but realizing that you could kind of have these conversations, you could promote, that you could instantly talk about, you know, uh, things that perhaps, you know, were being given, mm. you know, um, what do you call them? Um, super injunctions, for example, you know, they were suddenly being burst open yes, based were, on this yeah, thing. Yeah. And this was when it was still quite small. Interestingly, even today where, you know, it's grown from being kind of that hardcore being in that politics world to, you know, celebrities, etc. you know, kind of a- any genre, obviously. Um, Prime Minister's Question Time, PMQ, still trends on Twitter every, when- uh, you know, every Wednesday, which is just bizarre, you know. And it shows that there is that hardcore still out there. But the way that grew is quite interesting because it's quite similar to, you know, the, the situation we're seeing where, you, you know, a large amount of people that practice within that world are passive listeners. Mm. And the only people that kind of, you've got two types of persons. I, I'm completely, you know, party agnostic when it comes to uh, uh, Twitter because there's good people and bad people. I think John Prescott, for example, does it really well. That's only because he's that type of person that you would say is like yourself, you know, where you're just going to say what you're saying and yeah. this is your passion, yeah. You do have those people that feel like they're on it because they should be. Um, yeah, no, you definitely see, you can yeah. definitely see that happening. And it really comes across. And actually, it's in some ways interesting with the question that you said before about, um, you know, the, whether you should write it in almost or at mm. least tell people they have to do it as part of it. Mm. The more you kind of contractually oblige someone to... The, like it kind of will follow through it become really obvious yeah. I think that they're kind mm. of you know this tweet is endorsed by me you know kind of uh, as opposed to I'm doing this project with mm. and so, I'm really passionate so the, ob- you know. the, obvious, the obvious thing I was thinking the, the, the practical thing you'd want then is if, if you've got if you cast X actor or actress in, in a role you what you would I, I'd be like them to ask I'm going to be in this film isn't it exciting and that's kind of and then let's let's fast forward to the shoot and then without you really holding anybody's hand, day one of the shoot is a tweet, day two of the shoot, or we had, we had, we had nice salad for lunch at the, on the set of blah, blah, blah. And suddenly you're, you're, you're inviting people into your world, aren't you? And at the same time, you as a filmmaker are getting your film being made more aware of because one actor has decided they're going to tell their little story about being in that film. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of fear from people uh, that we found about mm. anybody saying anything about the production, which is really odd because you know an actor's not going to give away the plot to a movie but every time they say I'm on the set of movie X you mm. know uh, they're talking about your brand constantly yeah, and if that's, that's what all I, they're that's doing yeah, you're yeah. completely right yeah and I mean we've you know taking pictures on set you know you might give away what somebody might be looking like but people love that and they spread it and they it's going to be at some point someone saying oh I've just seen this like early kind of I know press image of mm. Actor X looking a bit different to the way they do in real life. This must be them in a movie, and it spreads, and people are happy with that. But they're very. But don't I mean I think I, I think that has a lot to do with maybe traditional media, where there's a traditional view that that exclusive picture of a another actor, and we're not talking in Avengers Ensemble here, but if they're in a sub five million pound movie, and they're dressed up in some way, shape, or form that makes them look different because they may be cast against type, because that's what they've done. They took a little film to do that one for me, one for you kind of thing. But they still want, the, the producers may want to get the total film, The Empire or The Hollywood Reporter exclusive picture, which obviously Twitter cuts right through that kind of exclusivity if, when it is all about talking about the film in any way, shape or form. Mm. And I think you find that with the point of where we're at in terms of publicity and social. And mm. it's, there is a... You definitely come across your traditional publicity people mm-hmm. and you come across the people who are more open to doing different things. And I think it's trying to balance that line out because what we find is that 
there is a real advantage to holding stuff back, mm. and that's and that and you should bear that in mind when you're doing things, mm. not to let everything out and sort of splurge because what you can get to the point where the film has to go on hiatus simply because it's not going to get released or whatever. And having things held back is good mm-hmm. because you can then, when you are when there is something to talk about, you can go again. But I think the publicity guys at the end give you a structure you can work off. Mm. I think it's it's finding that balance at the beginning where you can say, I think the social following for particularly personalities, mm. actors, actresses, is probably stronger than the circulation of a, mu- a movie magazine. Mm. More, far more people are going to see it far more people are going to be engaged with it mm. movie magazines are great and I'm, I'm not against them You just they open them up they look at the picture they've turned the page they've put mm. them down next week another one comes out where we've got with this is that, as you say if you've got a film going on you can have that little bit of information every day mm-hmm. we would we ascribe to the idea actually bring some fans down get fans involved you know if you've got someone who writes a film blog or someone who's keen to do that, oh. let them come down and let them write it. I think a long time ago, and it's never been replicated, and I don't know why, was when Danny Boyle made Sunshine, he let a blogger onto the set, mm-hmm. and it's shot at three mils, and you go every day you go and look at her blog, and it's a brilliant blog, because it started off being really quite traditional, like, oh, has this happened today? And it, it ended up with lots of stories of her, her being chased around by the crew and told to get out of the set. But it was a fascinating bit of... She wasn't allowed to take photographs, she got told she can't take photographs. But she wrote all those stories up. Mm. And it became... You became... You had more interest in it. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did a little bit on... Not Sean the Dead. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. And they were video diaries. But again, it, mm. they feel slightly... They did the same with Paul, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. and it feels a bit forced because it's them doing it mm. and I think if you bring again a fan to come in and do it and just capture little bits because they're a bit too long form mm. five seconds almost Vine-esque mm. moments it has that feeling to carry well, on I would say also though like if you, if you think of it in terms of something like um, a football team mm. I think that's a really good example because today you know, footballers will take selfies, they'll take pictures of whatever they're doing, mm. they'll be talking about their opinions on it and everything, you know, which is exactly the same, isn't it? Because, you know, mm. it used to be traditionally you'd get whatever the kind of the line is mm. of, of the club. Um, and, um, you know, the, I think the only manager that would actually still today be able to control everybody now is probably like Brian Clough, but because I think he'd be good on Twitter, you know. Because mm. uh, he's, you know... I dread to think. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I dread to think. Uh, just, just thinking about them, but no, in terms of um, the only... Uh, you don't. What you don't fear, though, is that you know there's so many people that are footballers that are actually putting out their own media, but they don't detract from what is really good quality and considered writing. Mm. So you know that kind of exclusive that comes out is actually really the um, uh, the ability to maybe get to see the movie before is really important. Mm. You know, uh, being able to actually consume the product at the end. Um, you know, people aren't banned from you know, unless you know kind of there were plans I think during the Olympics when you know from taking photos at sport matches you know if they're if they're amateur you know the idea being is that you know that with regards to getting people involved in talking about what they're doing is a lot more uh, kind of um, it's lower fi than it would be if you're putting out those official shots where actually you know are the kinds of things that your traditional media will now still use so but that's I think kind of still brand ma- I mean that's brand management too I mean the Olympics is, is the ultimate in brand management isn't it I think it's safe to say and 
they were taking cameras off people at the Olympics that looked like they were professional cameras. You know, it's like yeah. the fact that the yeah. fact that you and I can go to PC World and buy a five D Canon and start fixing any old lens we want on it and look like a member of the press is a kind of naive thing from their point of view. I guess it was it was all right to take pictures with your phone, but if you look like a photographer, then you weren't allowed to, which is kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you know, with the money, you know, the, the Olympics is funded by your likes of Heineken, Coca Cola, McDonald's, and whoever else mm. is involved. They don't want anybody's breath accidentally or otherwise appearing in a, a photograph that says this is the Olympics because clearly yeah. if you've got the press and you're photographing inside a stadium, the only things you're seeing are people and the brands that have paid to be there. Yeah. Somebody walking around with a t-shirt that says drink Budweiser or whatever, well, that's a bad one, that's probably already in the thing, but <laughs> yeah. drink, yeah. I mean it was a Ranji boom wasn't it, the World Cup in South Africa, Yes. a lot of people turned up in orange t-shirts and it kind of broke through and they're, they're, I guess they were paranoid about that. And I think, and you can understand it. You you can understand it from the perspective of the brand. They spend a lot of money, and they and they mm. really want that return. And and those sort of things do do detract from their ultimate investment. So I think it's it's trying to find that balance. Is is there an element though of laziness on their behalf? Because you know they they have got that presence that's there, so they're going to capture that traditional audience. And it's that how can you actually use the same thing to engage with them? No, I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking from the the model of of trying to get brands involved from that very first Well, I'd have thought if the story ends up being you've had cameras took off people because yeah. they don't take any pictures, that isn't good for your brand, is it? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. they, they wouldn't, that, that, that's kind of, it's the sledgehammer's a crack a nut thing. I mean, we're, yeah. we're straying a bit from filming, but you know, it's that yeah. idea that um, when, you're, when, you've, when you've paid exclusively to be in this arena, which the Olympics is, and you don't want to else you go, right, well, if we stop that, but actually when people walk out the park, they can still tweet and say, I had my camera took off me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because of the sponsors and then that becomes a, that becomes, if enough people do that yeah. and you're hashtagging London 2012 or whatever it was you're going to become it, it with through the viral nature which proves a point I suppose yeah but um, when we've we speak we seem to have talked I mean it's interesting we talked right from we, we, the way you talked about it it almost seemed like right from the beginning if you're making a film you want to be trying to Build brand awareness like your film, and 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 it seems that there's not it's not a bad thing really. If you're if you're if you're wanting to make a film and you're not an established filmmaker, to be talking maybe part of your dialogue would be talking about scripture writing, you know, as a starting point. And then with your niche group of other writers, maybe you know fledgling producers and directors you might know, and then obviously more inter the interested crowd that you talk about, those people that want to be on it first. So if they hear there is a I don't know a Belgian a Belgian folklore tale being developed in in Turkey. They want to be on that because they want to be the first ones to tell everybody else when that comes out because it's so unique and it's kind of developing those ideas, you know, developing those ideas with your with your social media presence. Totally. Well, you'll be tapping into people that will then be interested in that as well. Mm. And if they are mm. writers, for example, if they come to you, then mm. even if it's offline, you know, or, or via email, they then go, "I'd love to read your script." Mm. Yeah. The the only thing they're going to do because they're professionals as well is possibly tweet saying, "I've just read the script to this thing coming out. It's going to be amazing." Mm. You know? And then yeah. you've instantly won. No, I mean, yeah, I must admit, yeah. there's been, there's been, from personal experience, there has been that thing where you get involved in conversations with other people, and you are swapping material. It sort of goes from public tweets to, to and certainly Twitter, it works most. You go to private messaging, and then suddenly you've your relationship has been cemented. Then that social media, there's almost like a little contract gone on that is a bit like, yeah, I'll have your number, I'll take your number, please. Yeah kind of thing and yeah. without saying all that it's just like that, that I found that an interesting part of it it's nice I think, yeah I think that's that's absolutely right I, I took part in a Twitter <coughs> chat with a guy who was looking to bring brands on board and we actually had a, a producer of micro micro productions mm. and she was talking at the same time as me and we were both talking to the same guy and mm. 
her ideas and my ideas aren't that dissimilar. They just come from different points of view. Mm. And you can see that you, you can start to have that dialogue. And then you also get to see who's friendly and who's not. Who wants to be involved and who doesn't? Who's, mm. the, who's a difficult personality and who isn't? And, uh, and we would always suggest, after all this, and why well, the social element of it, is go and meet them. Because mm. nine times out of ten, they're really quite nice. Mm. And they want to have that. Because we all like that social thing. Mm. And occasionally you get some bad experiences. But actually, some of the really friendly people on Twitter are really quite friendly. The yeah. unfriendly people, I can think of one particular actor, who isn't. <laughs> and he's mm. not. When you he, yeah. tweeting wise, he's oh, oof. and he's a very rare example. Mm. So you really want to take it to that next level and go and have a coffee with someone. Well, because people yeah. like that coffee element. How, how do you how yeah. do you, how do you as an organisation sort of work with distributors and stuff who clearly you know they want to lock things down. They want to they want to press junk it. They want you know there's a release date to work to, and suddenly everything becomes that's their focus as opposed to a more kind of because. It is. You can monitor things week to week how they're going, but you're there. I don't know how tangible you make targets for yourselves versus clearly what 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 a you know getting in that film magazine, appearing on that blog, appearing on that breakfast TV show, and so on and so forth. They're they're extensions of the media beyond social media, aren't they? So what part do you think social media plays alongside that kind of traditional hard fast? Let's get to release date, and these are the things we're going to do. What what does it do to complement? Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely being savvy about the people that you're working with, and I think it's the same as you know we're talking about with um, actors, for example. Is mm. kind of just um, uh, work out you know what people's roles are, who mm. does what. So you know if you do have a traditional PR agency, for example, um, most of the time, if you're working with um, an organisation that's already you know talking to. I'm mm. wincing as I'm about to say this. The talent, yeah. um, they uh, that's how, you know that they will be already in contact, and it's you know giving them something actually as a a new way of being able to promote what they're already doing is really good. So, for mm. example, um, you might not you know if there is a traditional agency you're working alongside, you know there's nothing better than dividing up the labour of doing certain things. So it's actually kind of going in and talking to them as well. Mm. Um, they, they will have the same job really as you, and that's to try and promote something. Mm. So for example, if they are doing stories around individual people, if you've already been doing loads of social with them and you've already been getting to know all of these different you mm. know, kind of members of, you know, if, you, you know if, you, if you're doing it as the actual creator of this as well, it's even easier because you can actually say, look, these are the different stories already and they're going to be biting your hand off because they want stories. They want to be able to say, you know, a little more than just, you mm. know, here magazine, this is, a, this is a movie. They'll say, could you do a feature on this particular audience because this actor or this actress has got, you know, this kind of interest and it, it opens up new worlds to them okay, okay. they didn't know so you can, you can convince them in some ways that there is a and it's not like they're, they're particularly resistant to that actually. so who's, who's are you, so is, is generally is your engagement with the producer or with, with the marketing people for both okay. we, I mean, we, will work, we will work across and I think it's interesting when you get to the distrib- distribution where a lot of the traditional PR angles mm. we almost are, we, we get to have their response to what they're doing, mm. so we can show them, and they love. And it, and the times we've worked with the traditional PR companies, it's been it's been a slow start because it's like, well, this is what we're going to do, mm. and that's what you're going to do. And but once you start, once they start seeing reactions to the work they're doing, mm. they become it, it warms up. I mean, again, it's a relationship; you have to warm these things up slowly but surely. But you do get to that stage. Mm. And the other element we found with distribution is that 
across their marketing mix of all the work that they're doing, mm. we can provide feedback to what's not working with audiences. So in one particular project, they were running a it was a music service, and it was just advertising like mad. It was mm. going absolutely bananas, and people were complaining, saying, "Oh, every time I go on, I get another thing from these people, another thing." And we went back to the guy running it and said, "Look." Just, just so you know, Twitter, we've seen we? on yeah, Twitter yeah, that, they were, that this is going on, yeah. and he was able to then just go in and turn it down, and then move that budget to somewhere else that you know wouldn't necessarily, or to the same place, but just in a different way, and just um, provide that sort of almost sanity mm. check to say this is working. So mm. that from that from the distribution side, that's it. From the product from the producers side, it's about working with them to get to give them the right profile for them because mm. again you're all personalities they all want to go to the next job and if you're raising their, raising their, raising their profile that's all the good and I think it's it is a balance off it's a trade off and in, in the middle of this often you have agents mm. and agents are a, a, a force to themselves and some one we've worked with quite closely brilliant yeah. Because he kind of gets it, and he, he's got a light touch. Mm. Other ones, no light touch at all. This is a, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going. I want. Mm. He's not going to do that for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My time wants money. If he's going to be working on the film, and if yeah. working on the film he's considered tweeting, then that's money, and yeah, I want yeah. money, and I da 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 da. And we, and again, it's about making sure they sort of to get that understanding. But again, if they've done work. Mm publicity work to get their actor onto a, say a particular programme and then you follow that programme and you do the live tweeting of that show hmm. it amplifies them they feel like oh that work I did and it, all these responses and people are oh, brilliant hmm. and it makes what they did hmm. something well, and they feel and they feel comfortable and they and they start thinking oh could you do that around this I'm hmm. going to do this My, this person I know is doing that can we do this hmm. and it's fine it's absolutely fine It's but it's again it's about a balance mm. off to make sure you're not going in and shouting at everyone. Mm. Just that the, so, the social feed's nice and continuous and they can maintain the same, it's a word we use far too often, but authentic. Mm. In making sure that everything that's being said doesn't feel like someone's bought it or someone's sponsored it or it's happened naturally because they like it mm. and, they, and they want to fall. And that's a lot of where we've come from when bring, bringing brands in. Mm. is making it not something necessarily the brand has gone out and bought because anyone can go out and buy anything but if the production so, so let me just to, to qualify this so when you talk about brands now you're talking about bringing in Marks and Spencer's Coca-Cola McDonald's or whoever it might be a brand in that sense that's, yeah. that's not the film but wants to work collaborate with the film to yeah. A I guess get the kudos of being involved with the film and B help promote a successful film so the film the film sees that opportunity and the brand sees that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and making sure that the audience is right is so essential for that brand and yeah. for the brand being right for that film because, I mean, we've seen, you know, really horrific examples mm. of, you know, just sort of situations whereby somebody has obviously bought some kind of um, partnership and it sticks out like a sore thumb straight mm. away. Whereas those ones where they're actually almost kind of, and you know, they're just a no-brainer, you know, because yeah, yeah. it just fits, you know, whether it be... You know, a music um, genre film, and you're actually just using brands that are involved in that space already, or mm. whether it be, I know, um, a surfing film, and you're mm. actually using, you know, brands that are already within that space. It just makes things a whole lot easier. But actually, it's the same as again with the uh, kind of the idea of actors. You kind of mm. you're going to create a story again. So you've got actors that 
um, are being involved in a project for a reason, and that's a story, and they'll be able to talk about it mm. really, you know, kind of authentically. Um, you've got brands that are involved, and therefore their audiences are going to be talked to in a really authentic mm. way. So what you're doing is you're forming large amounts of pockets of mm. audiences. And actually, again, with one of the other parts, um, it doesn't just have to be your stars as well, you know, kind of your lead roles. Every single member has their own constituency audience. Mm. And actually, in terms of one, of one of the things that we found really uh, with quite a few projects is when you're talking to, say, whether it be PR agency, advertising is really, really good one. You can do a lot more innovative stuff if you know a lot more about the production. And, you know, uh, so, for example, you know, you're not just necessarily advertising on the name of the film. You're not just advertising on uh, the genre of the film mm. or the lead you might be able to then advertise on all of these small kind of more niche mm. markets which could be just you know i'm not talking necessarily uh, advertising on on names of the like kind of the crew for example yeah. but i mean you might want to actually so for example if you had a director that's very renowned especially in a niche it makes it even better because not only do you gain a new audience because you're going towards the niche rather than the kind of the the limelight kind mm. of terms all your advertising reduces in cost because you're going for words that people are searching for, but no one's advertising on, for mm. example. Or if you're doing it with PR again, yeah. that's a great one. If, you, if you've got loads of interest groups, getting a story into a niche magazine is, or a blog you know, is going to be a lot easier than just hitting the, um, uh, you know, the, the large magazines or large blogs because obviously you know, the way it competes. However, the audiences that consume them mm. are going to be a lot more... You know, um, you know, they're, they're going to relate so much to um, I mean, I've seen, I've uh, seen it, what everyone's I've saying. I've seen it for myself. Yeah. I mean, a film I've been working on was announced in the trade press and within two hours it was reported on Fangoria's website. So it was yeah. like, that was without any PR intervention. That's simply how, you know, news moves virally. You know, it's kind of like it, it, it announced it in a general audience and then a specific audience, like it's horror, when, have you heard about this horror fan? So the trade press went, here's a new film coming. Horror, horror press went, here's a new horror film. So it kind of it already went through two stages in the space of two hours, and that blew my mind as uh, as someone watching it. Now we we you worked on a film called Svengali, yeah, that's right. And that's how I mean I covered it on the podcast, and thanks to you guys bringing it to my attention. And I was thinking as you were talking there about brands in there and how they all work, because if if I was with a producer's hat on, you'd look at that and you'd go, right, okay, its legacy was it had its its web series, and in that web series you had someone who's now as famous as Martin Freeman. And Martin Freeman appears in it, but when, but actually the longevity of that film probably, I mean, it doesn't do any harm, but I think someone like Max Rushton from Soccer AM, who talks more to the potential audience of that film, is probably as equally powerful, I think, even though he's not nearly as world famous. I think that's absolutely right. And again, I mean, Max Rushton's quite an interesting example. When you looked in the, the run-up to the release of the film, Soccer AM, current promoted it for, yeah, well, like, they were. four episodes running yeah, well, like, because yeah. it was the only film he's ever been in yeah. and he was quite excited about the whole thing and and everyone and it became a bit of a joke oh we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Svengali and Opie Max oh yeah because I'm in Svengali and, but that's great and Johnny Owen had been on Soccer AM be long before that that relationship between those two had yeah. existed long before the film wasn't it really but it's that, it's that authentic you know um, and I'm going to use the term again yeah that authentic yeah. Um, example because Obviously, it does relate to what's going on in, in the film. You know, no one 
no one paid like Max Rushton to do any of that promotion. It's mm. to do with that love of the film, mm. but also the fact that it works because actually, you know, Johnny owns, for example, his love of football. Mm. You know, that works works really nicely. You know, and um, uh, actually, again, if you wanted to then look at promotion, it opens up another niche, for example, mm. on that, yeah. which is really, um, yeah. Was was really. I mean, really I, I noticed in the film, for example. I mean, I'm guessing I didn't notice by accident. Sort of Fred Perry's brand or Adidas's brand in people on people what people are wearing on on set. You know, I guess they they're not happy accidents. Absolutely not. And I think and again, <coughs> that's about that. I mean, the Fred Perry incident. I think it's very interesting because there's a long. It's it's a much longer. It's a much bigger relationship that's focused down involving sort of guys out of Nottingham, Shane Meadows, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Etc. and their support of Shane's films and that sort of filtering into Johnny and that look because it's there's a mod element to it. Yeah. And it and it comes and it feels natural. Yeah, it's and not forced at all, is it? No. And I think that when you see the supporting work that Fred Perry did around it, especially their online elements, it's really nice. Mm. It's coming from that fe- feeling of being a fan and not going out and buying. What sort of things did Fred Perry do then? There was a whole online interview with both Vicky and Johnny yeah they're um, Fred Perry's subculture which is their sort of more um, it's more targeted um, kind of uh, well based fan base it's a fan base yeah for the brand and they put out things that would be you know kind of latest um, kind of gigs news um, just general cultural events etc and then using and then also using Johnny to DJ Mm. at the store before and after the screening in Nottingham. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. those sort of things where it feel, and again, it's that they were quite organic of, yeah, actually. They, they, they really, mm. they were things that were kind of being created throughout yeah. that process. I mean, you know, there were certain parts that were, were planned. Actually, going really, really far back, one of the interesting parts was um, the relationship of using Gibson in terms of the actual instruments being yeah. used. Now, there was okay. um, the their, their audience is vast, mm. but. One of the interesting parts was, and this is kind of, it's quite funny, is, but, you know, Johnny got to actually in some ways dictate what instruments, uh, you know, were, were being used, mm. not because he's, you know, uh, he was being, you know, hard on them or anything or being, you know, in any way precious. It was because he wanted it to fit in. But what it did allow him to do was then write a large amount of content on his previous music, like, history, which is, you know, quite, sure, quite yeah, interesting yeah. story. He could write how Gibson helped him as a young uh, band member and that was relevant because it was a movie you know about a young band who were growing up so as a result um, that wasn't content that was created for the movie that was content that was created for Gibson Mm. and obviously they would then be able to just put that on their social media um, uh, you know kind of channels Mm. And it, it and it was all authentic. That was a beautiful part. I mean, it obviously had brilliant benefits because it's like, mm. well, this is Johnny Owen from you know the movie Svengali talking about how, why he loves these instruments mm. to an audience of people that love it. Yeah, know? and I think um, also and, and the film makes a lot of its soundtrack, and the soundtrack then talks to a lot. Of, so you're mm. bringing that element into it as well. Where it's music. Yeah, people I mean, are interested in music, musicians, yeah. and that fit and that all feels like it. It comes as one package. I must admit, I felt like I felt a lot of films with a heavy music bias. Which this film does, which Stangali does, 
don't use the music press that enough. And obviously this film used Steve Phillips at um, Big Mouth Publicity, didn't they, yeah. to, to promote the soundtrack. So you're doing, you're talking about the film while talking about the soundtrack. So you're creating, all those bands have got their own little brand identity yeah. that, that add kudos or not, you know, depending on how you read it. But they well, are genuinely... Well, there was we, a great example, wasn't it? A great um, article which was... Um, uh, enemy, and yeah. you know how difficult it can be with regards to the enemy. You know, I'm very aware. Uh, depending on the yeah, well, the, like he steals a copy, doesn't he? Yeah. The actual movie, which mm. is great. Um, mm. But um, they actually did a review that was equally as authentic. I mean, they, their review basically said, you know, you don't get the like um, the Lancet to review Scrubs. I think it was what they said, which I thought was great. You know, however, they liked <laughs> they liked the the movie, but. The relationship with NME was not uh, was was not based on something that happened during the promotion. It was yeah. something that went way way back with Johnny. And again, it was one of those things that mm. was an authentically grown relationship um, that didn't necessarily sway the review. It just was. It meant that it could be used in the movie. It could yeah. be actually. I think they, that's they were really happy to promote it. I think you've hit a very important point there for anyone listening to this who, who's sort of seeing the overmel- the overwhelming world of the film industry and how you make it. Because all the relationships you're making, if they're going to be any good, are going to be long term, not not like I want this and they give it you. So really, yeah. everybody you're meeting along the way, going sideways, backwards, forwards, is it's got to be about trying to build a relationship, not about yeah. instantly getting one. Well, actually, going back to what you're saying about the um, uh, like, well, quite quite close to the start of the um, podcast was um, around the idea of meeting people offline after you've made that contact, mm. uh, you know, online. And then, as Jonathan said about um, go for a coffee with them or a mm. pint, you know, you do that after the project, mm. but you might do that because the project's been shelved. It might be that the project's just a no-goer. The amount of times that we obviously know that, you know, movies don't necessarily happen first time around and a different movie does, what's, what's better than having those same contacts still being there and actually still having the same interests to you? So, yeah. you know, not burning your bridges means that they end up being involved again um, mm. with the successful project. And I think that's that's the, that was always the interesting story with the, with the Martin Freeman connection to the film was mm. he's been there originally and they, and they stayed in touch. Mm. And they asked him and he said yeah. And he mm. was doing The Hobbit. And, yeah. he, so he's, and he's back for a couple of weeks. And he rocks I think up the and he story was interesting, wasn't it? Because yeah. he literally had, um, he had only a limited number of like rest days during the, the production of the Hobbit wasn't it and one of those days he you know did use to come back and actually do that you yeah know. he was back he was back yeah. on the I think it was a, they shot it on a Sunday mm. in Camden and you but he that's that thing of Johnny's the film came out of a very authentic experience that Johnny had had yes it was and, an amazing that, long journey yes amazing <laughs> long journey yes, and, in every sense and he and it really and you really got the sense of that from it and I think that again comes into that's all part of its history Mm. and that's what makes it fascinating is that if you've got a dream and you want to stick at something stick at it Mm. because it will come it's just you don't know where it's going to come and he talked he he told some fascinating stories about sort of going down various alleys and sort of people saying you should do this you should do that it's not going to work and he just kept going no, he's, he's a great ro- role model for if you're trying to get a movie made I mean he's someone yeah. we automatically recommend he's extremely approachable yeah. if, you're, if you're going if you're thinking about doing something I would and he's going to hate me for this contact him because <laughs> or at least look at what he's doing you know what, what he's, he's doing, doing well no I must admit I mean I was, I was, I was, I was yeah. I'm almost like that model for what you say about about people being involved early and wanting to be able to tell people my, my friend who lives down Bell Street 
is in the web series. She told me about it all them years ago. So I was watching and waiting for the episodes to come up on YouTube. I didn't even see the, the archives. So then when you got in touch, she said, do you want to do you want to write about it? I'm like, do I ever? Because I, I didn't realise the film was coming. You know, it was kind of like, I watched the web series, I enjoyed it. I'd love to see the film. And it's kind of like, that is... I wasn't watching the web series thinking, I hope there's something later. <laughs> yeah. But when something did come along, it was fixed in mind. And we found a fact. Mm. And I think that's it, just serendipity. It was mm. completely random. We found yeah. out you were, it's the finding of that fan. Mm. And that fan, those fans are, are great. Mm. And you have to look after your fans. Yeah. And I think, yeah. and that's something we learned from this, is from the projects we've worked on, you, you put your arms around them and you give mm. them something. If you give them something, they like that. Mm. And we and you'll get more from them because they'll say more things about it. Because there's so many projects out there who aren't talking to their fans who mm. are just yeah at the end. Well, that's it. If and you, we've yeah. seen we've seen social plan. We've seen digital marketing plans that are just basically saying each day, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Quite mm. simply like that. Yeah, yeah. It's such a tremendous risk, though, isn't yeah. it? Because if you if you lock yourself in the house and just make something. I don't know, post it out to a whole load of people versus actually going out there and talking about it, doing stuff, you know, the, there's so much less risk because you're not, you're not basically, there's no arrogance in that, but at the same time, you're actually going out and trying to work out who's interested in it. You're yeah. talking to people and you'll find that audience. Whereas, you know, as you say, yeah, those, those, those projects where it's kind of almost, um, it's just put out there because it's, you know, you're going to consume this product because you, you like this, you know, it might get consumption because so many people have seen it mm. but it's a really bad way to go about it as opposed to you know trying to find those audiences and trying mm. to get people involved you know because the more people feel you know they're part of something the more that they're you know they're mm. going to become advocates for it tell everybody about it and be part of that actual brand as well now, I'm going to be a bit mean here because um, I want to ask for something really short and sweet <laughs> <laughs> so if I if, if, if filmmakers let's I'm sorry, just sort of sort of rounding up now on what, on what we've been talking about because we've, we've been here there and everywhere we've covered a lot of ground it'd be good maybe to sort of drill down to say maybe two or three of your kind of top top tips or bits or lessons learned from social media that you think people should consider when they're about to embark on it whether that be I'm just developing a script or I'm about to go and shoot a movie but you know is there any obvious kind of three things maybe yeah I'd say the number one is definitely go and find your audience don't try and just find the biggest audience so just as a really quick example um, you always get suggestions when you start something like Twitter of people to follow don't follow any of them um, because they're going to be people that, you know, are very unlikely to see your um, production until you've actually done something with it. Yeah. Um, so go and find the people that you know, build that audience. And it could be that that large magazine that you thought about following might actually end up talking about you, um, but it won't happen the other way around. Okay. Uh, I think also remember all the stories from where you start to where you finish filming because... Mm. All those stories are great content, and those those are stories that you can spin and find fans with, and you can take it, you can take them, you can take your film to audiences you don't think are relevant, but actually, when you look back on it, everyone loves films, and people who are interested in politics and films are still interested in films. Mm. People are in football and films, music and films. Films are the thing that kind of binds together people love that entertainment they're still mm. hugely popular so don't think I'm just going to talk about one thing you can talk about a variety of things because 
it's interesting mm. you'll find other interest groups and I think I'll, I'll over anything is always be positive get out there be positive talk about talk in a positive way mm. be friendly respond to people if people tweet at you or Facebook you or send you a message write back to them mm. they will respond to that people and it, it may be irrelevant and if they are starting to go slightly left field stop mm. but don't stop if they don't give you a reason to stop if they give you a reason obviously but we would suggest always just keep talking to them and they will tell they will go out and tell people you're alright you're you're decent you're nice mm. and that's something you, you want from to help promote the film because they will remember you as being somebody who responded to them and that's it you know movies that are a product that are just created they might be created in a very standard way that always people have tried and tested well we know that everything's changing so great movies we know never get done like that there's always a story that you hear where mm. someone almost ended up being someone you know a character or you know and that would have changed the way in which the movie was or you know a movie that like almost didn't happen because of some really random thing so that positivity is what actually ends up getting people there and always has done and mm. that's the one constant it's not the methodology yeah exactly and I think lastly with that in terms of brands if you're bringing to bring if you've got opportunities for brands to be involved go and talk to them and but pick the brands you feel are the right brands that fit in don't don't worry about shoehorning doesn't tend to work if it feels right, it probably is right. Mm. And I, we always think about you know the uh, the Wayne's World um, yeah. kind of moment where they're like you know don't you think it's really sad? Um, and uh, they they basically do a large amount of really really obvious um, product placement that worked really well though because they make a big joke of it. Mm. Um, yeah. But we kind of use that as a benchmark of thinking: is this brand sticking out like a? You yeah, know, I think I think Truman, Truman Show satirizes it in drama, doesn't it, really well? Because that obviously is media within media and then but it's done for dramatic it's not real no it's not real at all and I think that's again <clears throat> it's it comes back to the thing of, of be social with the guys and understand the, the marketing guys point of view mm. everyone's got a point of view and if you can come at it together what you can you can end up in a situation where they have a large audience you don't have a big audience but you can swap something you mm. can give them some content that their audience will like and their audience will then part of their audience will hopefully follow you and that you can then start to build and that's something that is really quite valuable when the film gets to the point of coming out okay well look thank you very much for uh, lending us your wisdom on the subject and uh, hopefully we can maybe get you back on sometime with uh, more stories about using uh, social media absolutely thank you thanks if you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.